Welcome to Beholder's Eye, Season 2. Evil is consuming the multiverse. Only the Chaos Quartet, Zalara of Sin Ilnor, Blessed of Shamhara, World Protecting, Elven Druid Monk, Garen Kelso, Dimension Hopping Vagabond, High Elf Bladesinger, APU Warforged Fighter, Mole Urzog, Cleric of St. Allegis, Can save reality from utter destruction. All right, who wants to let us know what happened last episode? Uh, I can. So, upon getting into Sigil, we met a person who was trying to sell us prayers and blessings and praises, and um, he really confused uh, APU on how he was doing it illegally, but there's no law against it, effectively, because you can't enforce it because there's no violence. We also met an old acquaintance, Torin, who has now joined the Mercy... Is it Mercy Killers? Mm-hmm. And yep. he is dispensing justice in Sigil, but um, it's been a little bit complicated with no violence rules. A kobold tried to steal gold from APU, of which we managed to resolve... Is it a kobold? A null. No. Null. Damn, sorry, I missed my notes. Um, tried to steal money from APU. We managed to solve that non-violently. Um, and Mole gave her 50 gold, but Garen stole a locket worth 150 off of her. And effectively threw the picture of her child on the floor, which she went a little bit crazy for. And we decided to go to find someone smart enough to have a portal to the tribunal. And that took us to the bazaar on our way to the library. And in the bazaar, we've met some zombies who are chanting to bring death back. Right, and that's what we'll pick up. Uh, You do see a... um one of the zombies standing there on a dais that's been constructed, a soapbox, if you will, and clearly um, is leading some kind of demonstration because the bazaar is filled with these zombies who are all chanting, bring death back, bring death back. And um, it's, yeah, clearly a, that's where you're at. So what do you guys do? Bring death back, bring death back. Do you even know what that means, Garen? Not, not a clue, but it sounds good. I, I assume it means the literal thing that death isn't existing right now in the city. Yeah, they don't look so good. Um, it's a I will turn weird to, city. I, I'll turn to somebody, whomever is just on the edge of the crowd or whatever, and be like, um, bring death back. What's, what's happened? Um, and you turn to it and you realize this is a zombie person. They're not completely. Um, disintegrated yet by any means but she's standing there uh, obviously used to be an, uh, a half elf and she says well since the lady of pain has prevented violence our numbers here and the dustmen have not grown we are normally the largest of the guilds and continue to be that way because of the violence in the streets when people are brought to the mortuary we can bring them back and they are able to be one of us if they so choose. And without violence, we our numbers are not growing. So do your numbers decrease then? Do you naturally decay to a point that you can no longer serve? No, my numbers are not our numbers are not decreasing, they're just not increasing. Okay. Would your then, numbers not increase by uh, natural attrition of, of people who live? Uh, people dying of old age and the like. Of course, that does happen, but you'd be surprised at how few people die of old age compared to how many people are killed when there is 
violence in a city such as the cage. Normally, we would have 10 to 20, sometimes 30 new members join a day. Now we're down mm. to three or four. It's a True. travesty. Yes, mm. seems seems very upsetting. Mm. Yes. And what it, is, they... it is upsetting for us because uh, as dustmen, we want to let go of all desires and wants of the physical world. But without our numbers growing, we have found that the lack of violence is creating desire in us for violence. And this paradox is making us all very unhappy, and which is why we have our strike going on. If you can't die, if, if we can't grow by death, then you can't eat. Our numbers will grow one way or the other. Commerce will not happen without violence returning to the city. So, like, people are not being able to go into the bazaar? Is that what they're doing, they're or they're being, just standing there? They're standing there, disrupting it. They're, they're packed in so tight that people are having trouble getting through. So, uh. it's a form of nonviolent resistance here, where they're able to just stand so tight that people actually cannot get Clever. to the wares. Clever. And, and to huh. move them would probably involve some act of violence in order to force them to leave, so... Yeah, uh, there's also a uh, contingent of counter-protesters. You can't really see them, but you can hear them yelling from above. You assume they're on the roofs and sticking out of the windows of these shops. Um, but because of the smog, it's 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 more of a, a, a noise protest than an actual physical one. Is the smog hmm. normal? I asked the Yes, zombie. yes. The smog is always there. Okay. Unfortunately, some of the, the guilds think that uh, purification of of everything is is uh, the highest desire and the highest state a man can or a person can be so they actually through their fountains out front of of their homes they will put acid through their fountains to kill off any germs that may be living within there so actually the smog right now is thinner than it normally is because the acid is not killing off those germs so the smog is acid? It's, it's, yes, it's the residue from the acid that's up there hanging in the sky. Hmm. Okay. That seems undesirable. And I just kind of like cover my mouth a little bit. Like, I don't want to breathe this. In my mind, I will say to the others, I could probably get through this if we, if we need to get into the bazaar. I don't know how you're going to get around, though. Oh, uh, we just need to be the other side of the bazaar. Um, that's where the library is. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go around. Can we go around? Yeah, remember, the, this uh, sigil is a large circle. Donut, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we do not need to eat. Maybe walk through? We are just trying to get to the library. Does walking through someone count as violence? Although we'll be stopped <laughs> if we try. If it is violence. Hibber, uh, Hibber, like, for fuck's sake. Abe was just going to try and walk through them and see if it stops him, because he doesn't intend to hurt anyone. He just wants to get to where he's going. So, um, as you... Well, how are you doing? Are you just walking through? Just walking. He's, like, he's looking straight ahead, not at them, and walking at a normal pace. So, so you start to move forward, but the sea of dead bodies is just too thick for you, so it's impossible for you to get past. It's clear that these people are, would, would let you past if there was room, but they figured out a, uh, a way to non-violently put up a barrier here. So any response to mine? So the, the uh, dead lady says, No, we can't let you through. If we let you through, then it would set a bad precedent. 
Um, what if we uh, bring your your concerns to to the people responsible? I heard that a uh, potentially law was the one who has enforced this upon everybody. Yes, that is the rumor. But how would you speak to law? Well, currently, actually, the reason we're going to the library is we we are currently actually seeking active audience with the tribunal, which, um, to my best knowledge, Law is a member. Uh, we would be more than willing to make sure that your concerns are known and that, you know, this, this, this great act of, in, in a way, violence against you uh, due to people no longer dying, uh, make sure that they know of that when when we are able to achieve an audience. Give me a persuasion roll, DC 18. Okay, persuasion. It's not one for seven. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. We don't know what your true intent is. And uh, Zalara, what were you saying before? I just wanted to like jump up and like acrobatic my way across their heads. Just use them as stepping stools to get over. Um, you certainly give that a try. <laughs> give me an acrobatics roll um, to make it through the whole thing. You're gonna have to do a DC 17. How about 25? Okay, so you guys are standing there. Mole just said his thing, and you see Zalara, I guess, maybe do like a, a flip up. She lands on top of their heads very quickly and runs across it, barely touching their their heads as she's moving so quickly, just using it as, as small points of pressure to project herself forward using her monk, monk skill. Um, and you see her go off into the distance as she lands on the other side. You can no longer see her. In my head, I'll be like, it's not that hard. <laughs> Hmm. So we're going the other way? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I think I need to go around. Um, I'm not confident in my ability to do that without harming these people. <laughs> All right, so you make your way around the city. Um, as you are walking, you notice that there is a point of light that comes from the spire in the middle, and it does seem to mimic sort of sunlight as it reflects uh, some, there, there's a light that emanates from it, but it does seem to mimic sunlight. So as you make your way around, um, it does take quite a while, a few hours, and so you will come upon the library, which is tall. It's, it, it's got very Greek sort of structure to it. You've got the nice pillars up front. You've got a bas-relief hanging over the top of it where it shows people engaging in music and art and, and speaking to each other. Um, and during that, you know, nothing really of any event takes place other than you guys walking. Um, was there anything you'd want to say or do on that trip? And Zalara, is there anything you would do? Because you've got a couple hours to go. Um, can I actually get to any of the stalls in the bazaar while I'm waiting for them from this side? Nope. Um, like if, if Zalara is not going to come back, I'll try to go over to her as well. I go over know. to her. Like I'll, I'll try to Jumping. do my flippy flips. And oh, yeah. God, I, I, you know, I, I was thinking you were Garen in armor. Yeah, go ahead. Do your, do your flip yeah. flips. Uh, Same thing. Shoot. That's a 12. <laughs> all right. So you jump up and you start to move forward, but you trip. And then they all hold up their hands and just move you out like you're uh, crowd surfing in a concert Sweet. in 1993. I pulled out my... No, the other my, way. Put me the other one. I pulled my flask out and I just like drink it and I... Woo! 
and then get set back down, and then I'll run and catch up with the other guys. So. <laughs> Mole would be... Mole has been contemplating how this even works, that nobody's allowed to do violence, and they would be talking, like not even looking for any sort of answers, but just kind of talking out loud, kind of almost at APU about like their, their thoughts on it. Because Mole thinks very similarly to um, one, one of like the, the base kind of spells that anybody who follows St. Eligius learns is Sanctuary, which uses your own belief to protect you from any violence or somebody else from any violence, but immediately drops as soon as you yourself commit violence and kind of extrapolating that out that maybe this is a similar thing right that potentially um though mole wouldn't want to i i mole doesn't even want to stop this i don't think um this seems like a very good situation to mole um that you'll be talking back at the opposite point that the world with no violence seems like a world with no laws and consequences and it's absolutely held to him almost as much as the chaos plane itself was well exactly and and mole would be talking about how like the um that potentially a way to stop this is that whatever is enacting this upon the people may be itself precluded from doing violence in order to maintain it that it's it's like that that like you know spells and and everything follow certain they they seem to follow some sort of rules they're not just random and that this is a natural kind of extrapolation of sanctuary it's almost like sanctuary put on everybody and everything thing in an entire city um it just needs refinement so that consequences to actions can happen rather than you can break any law you like because people can't enforce the laws because it counts as violence yeah because we'd have a couple hours to kill so that would be the kind of thing that they'd be musing over um yeah yeah it's basically sanctuary on steroids real bonding talk Um, so as you guys are, are making your way through and um, as you get closer to the library, the, the library is basically in between what is known as the hive, which is where the uh, uh, chaotites live, the chaos tites. Um, and as you guys are walking through it, the three of you, you notice the streets make no sense. Um, you seem to be going where you want to go, but you're not really sure how. And you see um, there's uh, people screaming at each other about hot dogs and whether or not it is holy to eat them or it is unholy. Um, you know, some are saying you should use buns and some are saying you should not um, as, you, as you go through there. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Some people are you. You hear somebody screaming about that, Zalara, on your end as you're waiting out in front of the library. Um, you know, some people are saying there is no goddess but goddess, and she is your goddess. <laughs> there is no Eresian movement, but the Eresian movement, and the Eresian movement is the movement of Eresia, and every golden apple core is the beloved home of a golden worm. So anyway, you guys end up meeting up in front of the, the library. What you, you get from the hive, though, is these people are in ecstasy. They seem to be the only people who are, like, super happy with what's going on. Um, yeah. So, anyway, you make your way to the library, and there you do see some, you know, people who we would think of classically learned-looking bearded men wearing loose-flowing robes, sitting there reading, painting, on the steps even. What do you do? Hmm. Oh, um, finally made it. Yeah. What were you doing this whole time? Um, 
listening to the interesting shouts of those around me, and they seem to be quite confused, if I'm being honest. A hot really? dog is not a sandwich. <laughs> um, I, I actually, I, I've been thinking about that. I don't think the intent is to be making sense. The intent is to make intent. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. The, the uh, uh, sorry. Let me let me say it in more words. Um, they they are saying things and believing in things for the pure sake of saying and believing in things because in this place that is all true. Hmm. Um. Yeah. At least that's what I've figured so far. Hmm. The roads we walked made no sense here, but we knew where we were going, so they brought us here. This place is strange. <laughs> right, yeah. I hate it. It's not so bad. We're going to break it for you. You see a woman who comes up and she has a shoe on her head and she's wearing a, um, it, it looks like the bottom mask that would be like, um, it has like a, it's like a, a Halloween mask that would just cover the bottom of her face and it has like a penguin snout on it, a uh, beak. And she comes up to Zalara and says, heathen, a hot dog is a sandwich, except on Fridays when the bun is forbidden. And it's Friday, so clearly it's not today. Oh, I boop her penguin nose. <laughs> Friday is but the end of the week, and if you believe that all days end on the same day, is it not always Friday? You speak the truth through lies. Thank you for the boop. And then she boops you back again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what are you guys doing? I, I turn so, to... We have to talk to Richtung, right? Yes. That's who Turin said was the wisest of them. Or something. Well, let's see if we can get an audience. So you make your way up the library steps. Um, mm -hmm. People aren't welcoming, but they're not putting up any kind of fight or seem disturbed that that you are coming there. Uh, inside of the library, you see first of all that inside the library itself, even though there was a roof on the outside, as you enter, there seems to be no roof. There seems to be a sun that's shining down bright, as though you were not in the same place as Sigil and um, you see people sitting there in a garden where they and by garden I mean um, it's very elaborate think sort of almost um, um, Louis the 14th style garden it's huge it's it's massive all the the bushes are are carved into intricate patterns um, you know as as players you would know this but as as PCs you wouldn't you see the Mona, Le Mona Lisa that's actually carved into a rose bush um, and just you know a bunch of other just exquisite pieces of art that are all either painted on the ground you hear some of the most beautiful music you've ever heard it's just hurdy-gurdies for days um, <laughs> yes! so romantic and you do see an uh, an old man balding standing there teaching uh, uh, an old man yeah an old human balding standing there teaching a number of you know multi racial multi species uh, followers and as he speaks he's standing there hand up um, yeah and and what do you guys do um I suppose I would walk over to somebody who looks like they might have information and be like. Hello, um, we're looking for Richtung. Is are, are they around today? Yes, that over there is Richtung, the wise, teaching his followers now. Oh. A man of poetry, a man of philosophy, a man of great knowledge. Splendid. And what was your name? My name is Philo. Philo, thank you. Yes, Philo. I appreciate your assistance, Philo. Um, you are a piece of artwork yourself. 
Might I carve you out of this block of wood? And then he pulls up a, like, <laughs> just a block of wood. Um. Isn't that violence to the wood? <laughs> no, the wood is quite dead already. We ha- we bought this wood in the pre-violence days. Wait. Or in you the, can do in violence the, in, to dead things. Can't you do violence to zombies? But are they really dead? They do seem to walk around and talk. It seems almost as if they are non-dead or undead, one might say. Mm. Yes, and while uh, undeath is odd in so many ways, is it not another form of life? This one speaks the truth. I I don't like that these things make sense here. Um, (laughs) Oh, well, okay. But, um, so you're a, a sculptor? I am. Philo the Sculptor. Philo the Sculptor. You're you're a many-layered individual, Philo. Well, aren't we all? Hmm. What is interaction with one person to another but a different mask we take on on a daily basis? Hmm. Moment to moment at times. Is this the real Philo speaking to you now? Or is this the Philo of Ego who shows pride in his sculptures? Hmm. I'm going to take a rain check on being carved. We need to... Um, we have some business to take care of. Yes, of Perhaps course. another time. Yes, though your beauty will stay in my mind for years to come. Without your permission, I will not carve. Um, if you can do it without me being here, feel free. Many thanks. What kind of pose are you going to put her in? <laughs> I was I thinking a of lot doing of... a... Yes? No, you I was just saying I see first. a lot of uh, naked people around here. Oh, yes, but we do not have her form. We, we we will do a form that is maskless, but not closeless, for I will do just a bust. We try mm. to look at the naked form, for that is the truly maskless way of humanity. That is the core of humanity in physical form, is it not? What are mm. clothes but a way of projecting a personality that is not truly you onto the world? They say the clothes make the man, but that is not true. Clothes hide the man to create a new person, a new mask, if you will, among different people. I, I, I disagree wholeheartedly. What somebody wears, especially if someone has forged that themselves, can be an extension of their own being. Somebody can pour so much of themselves into something, like you do with your sculpture, that it refines down to the purest essence of what they truly are. Uh, I am but is man- nothing without my clothes. My armor is my literal skin. <laughs> I think we can make an exception for people made out of armor, but... I'm just thankful I do not have to look at the mole's junk. (laughs) So, I'm all for clothes. Fake or not. I I was trying to be deep about, you know, like, you know, St. Eligius, my armor is an extension of myself. I pour so much of myself into it that it's basically part of my self-identity. And you just, all you can care about is mole's junk. It's just enormous, girthy junk. (laughs) I mean, he's a half orc. I respect that. Um, uh, and, and anyway, Garen, um, once, you, once you once you go orc, there's no one else to pork. <laughs> um, and, and, and anyway, Garen, um, as they're only just now perceiving Zalara, and that will be just fleeting, they'll probably get more of an essence of the beauty that they say that they just saw. That memory of the beauty, <laughs> as opposed to the exact form. You hear a voice from old, over your shoulder, Mole, where a man says, 
Oh, that's very interesting. You say the essence, but what is essence? Is man not the sum total of his actions? Not a being of pure... Uh, do you believe that a, a man is made up of essence and not of actions? Or a man is actions? Um, I what don't makes think a person? that the two are mutually exclusive, actually. Um, I, I think of men like metal. Um, the metal is the essence, but it can be forged by action and intent into anything you you wish, anything they wish. The, the best thing about men is that unlike other metals, they can forge themselves into what they wish. That's why I disagree with the stance on clothing, because I have forged this for myself in order to portray the true me I feel on the inside. Interesting. My name is Richtung. It's a pleasure uh, to meet you all. Yes, I heard there were some new visitors here, and I came over to introduce myself, but hearing your great discussion made me want to actually pause and speak with you. Who may you and be? It, in our heads, uh, while he's saying that, I say, it was my part of the discussion that got him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I am Garen. Garen, a pleasure to meet you. To you as well. Zalara, and I'll hold out my hand. Zalara, a pleasure to meet you. This I am is APU. APU. There he goes. I was waiting for him to finish. <laughs> and I am Mole. Oh, Mole. I knew an orc once, and you know what they say about that. Hmm. So. <laughs> he knew an orc, I get it. Mm -hmm. Well, I am what? but half an orc, so. Mm, yeah, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> what, um, what may I do? What would you have me do for you? What would um, you have me do for you, if I could speak? We... We're actually looking to get to the council? What are they called? The tribunal. We have we yes. have some questions for you. Um, oh, okay. Well, there is a way to the tribunal. It's not an easy road. Nothing I will tell is. you. I will tell you, but first you must all do one thing for me. Each of you must answer a question for me to my satisfaction. Do we have a deal? Well, that depends. If it's the truth, but it does not satisfy you, how, how can we answer otherwise? Oh, if it is the truth and you explain yourself well, then it will be to my satisfaction. You, my metal friend, I see, yes. your, dis I see your discomfort in this area of chaos we have here. So let me ask you, what does it mean to live a lawful life? To follow the law. Whose law? The law of wherever you are. So law is not a constant? Law is, law is ever-changing depending on the area you are and the group of people you're with. So but it's it required really... for any community to grow and work together. It's a mutual understanding of social acceptance and behavior. So it is community-based there. You don't believe in a force of law. You see laws that are similar all over the place, and that could be a constant that pushes through the universe in its own way. Interesting. Thank you, my friend. And you, Zalara. Mm, yes? You have the smell of multiple universes on you. You have the look in your eye of someone who has seen a lot. So, let me ask you, as you look at your life and everything you've done, do you believe that you were fated to do so? 
And if so, do you still have free will? Hmm. I don't think fate is the right term. I think the gods and goddesses that I have encountered have encouraged me on a path that I would not have chosen for myself. Um, but at the same time, in so doing, I have found people to protect and family that I otherwise would not have had. So yes, I, I have free will. At any time, I could stop what I am doing and let things fall where they may. But I choose to continue helping. So you don't believe there is a driving force that has put you in this position? It is only by your choices you have come here. I don't think there is an underlying force <clears throat> specific to me. I believe that the forces in the world and the choices made by others bring you to a certain location and a certain point in time in which you have to make choices that affect others. And it's all of those choices together that lead you to where you end up. So it's not necessarily fate as its own thing, but all of the choices of everybody around you leading to a certain outcome. So do you really have free will then if every choice of others around you puts you into a position where you only have one or two or three options? You always have the choice to not do whatever it is that people are trying to tell you to do. I could just mm -hmm. kill myself and then that would change things dramatically. It's a choice I would never make. There are always choices. Thank you. Garen, you seem to be a man adrift in this world, in this life. I don't get much of an impression one way or the other from you, as though you have no attachments. So does life have a purpose? My life or just life in general? <clears throat> Your life, the life of an individual. Is there a purpose to it? I'm sure there's a purpose. I have not found one. Then why are you sure? Because things happen. I am here. I am doing things. My purpose could very well be do what I do. I believe, but in the... unlike Zilara, I believe in fate. I think oh. what happens, what will happen, will happen. There's no changing it. But if I can have fun while enacting fate's will, why not? Very good. Thank you. And then he has a big smile for Mole. You are dressed in very nice form-fitting robes <laughs> of a god. I see your holy symbol. <laughs> but knowing now what you know, being here in this place, you know that God only exists, your God, because of your beliefs. So why follow that God and devote your life to a God who is only there because of you? I have thought much on this since encountering other planes. Um, it is true that gods only have power due, due to belief, and I only have power due to them bestowing that upon me innately from others. Um, do not think that means to not believe in a god. A god represents so much more than their physical manifestation or what they are. I believe in my god because of what that represents to me and their followers. I, I'm a follower of Saint Allegis. I, I believe that, I believe that that belief caused me to be able to change myself for the better and that that power that it gives me can help me change others for the better or just enact change um you ask garen about purpose i believe because belief 
gives me purpose. And if in the end of the day, that's all that it was, I think that's enough for me. Thank you. Well, now I will tell you what you need to know to get to the tribunal. The only way is through one of the Lady of Pain's mazes that she sends people to when she is angered. So you must anger the Lady of Pain, but not so much that she immolates you on the spot. <laughs> and so what is the line there? <laughs> well, one thing that she's known to banish people for is many have come here and started to worship her as a god. And she hates that. She just really hates that. So she banishes them. My recommendation, if you don't want to be emulated and guarantee she'll just put you into a maze, would be start a religion in her name. Hmm. But would that work for all four of us? Because I'm pretty sure Mole is steadfast in his religion. I doubt he would renounce St. Eligius for... What one does not need to believe in their religion to start one. Um, that is true. Um, many people start things outside of themselves that they don't truly believe in. Um, I do think, though, that we can achieve this through other means. Such as? <laughs> uh, well, the prayers. Um, if we were able to get our hands on enough prayers and use those to dedicate them towards the Lady of Pain, uh, I think that would have the same effect. Would the Lady of Pain be will be likely to banish all who worship her, or is it just the people who are leading the worship? Yeah, I cannot predict what the Lady will do. I guarantee those who lead the worship will be put into the maze. Maybe we go back to the hmm. zombies, and we tell them that the way to bring violence back and to bring death back is to worship the Lady of Pain, because she is the Lady of Pain. And worshipping her will help her see their side more clearly. What's in the mazes of the Lady of Pain? Death, demons, devils, destruction. So, hmm. normal life. <laughs> for some. <laughs> for one who has eyes such as yours, Zalara, yes. I'll say until I met you, it was not part of my normal life. <laughs> I do not suppose the library has any insight into these mazes some tactics we might gather for ourselves? Why, yes, it does. There are a few people who will, over the millennia, intentionally get themselves thrown into mazes so they can map them out and then sell them. We have collected many. The problem is you never know which maze you will go to. How many mazes are there? Not that many, maybe a quarter of a million. Ah. Just a few. We are in a place that is infinite. In the span of infinity, a quarter of a million is nothing. In the span of infinity, infinity is nothing. I'm not sure it's if that's deep is. or something that a college freshman would write on the philosophy paper. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just... <laughs> Both. Uh, <laughs> Both. Um, so, okay, so getting thrown into these uh, labyrinths, what's at mm -hmm. the other end of them? Well, you can, there are multiple exits to these labyrinths. You can end up at the tribunal. All of them have a way to do that, though you have to figure out your path. All of them also lead back to Sigil, and all of them also leave elsewhere. Once you're in the maze itself, you will need to figure out which way to go. Um, uh, what would be your impression, um, of how the Lady of Pain would react to somebody finding a way around this current ban on violence. 
my impression of her, she'd be like, Oh, I'm the lady of pain. Look at me. I don't like this. <laughs> no. um, would it earn instant immolation or banishment? No, I don't know her mind. No one does. If she even has a mind. But we know that I would assume she is not happy with the way the city is being run right now. This is why we believe law itself is the one who instructed this. Hmm. It is not her normal way. I see. And where is this law character? Law is in the tribunal. If you make it to the tribunal, you may speak with law. So there's not a more direct route to the tribunal. You have to go through a labyrinth first. You gotta be banished first and then go through a labyrinth, yeah? Hmm. And with that, we'll call this episode. Thanks for listening to Beholder's Eye, Season 2, Episode 46, Once You Go Orc. First of all, I, I know, I, <laughs> I know, uh, Rick Tongue was a dwarf last episode, and this episode he's a human, I know, I apologize. However, I will not confirm nor deny Rick Tongue's race. He's Schrodinger's Rick Tongue from here on out. If you can help us out, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Please sign up on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash beholders iPod. We've got some awesome content that's been released, some great stuff coming up, and we don't want you to miss out. Make sure to check out our website, beholdersicast.com, and follow us on Twitter at beholders iPod. You can follow Ryan, who plays APU, and us at Duff Duff the Third. Ben, who plays Drathan and Garen at Miro 4D2. Kim, who plays Zalara and Rosie at Mets Girl. And Sam, who plays Mullen Lynn. It's Sam's Lab 007. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Editing by Sam Canary. Music and effects editing by Alexander Floyd. Music from filmmusic.io. Silver Flame, Curse of the Scarab, and our story begins all by Kevin McLeod in Competech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 licenses, creativecommons.org, slash licenses, slash buy, slash 4.0. Sound effects by zapsblatt.com. Please check the show notes for further details. 